Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the entire internet. Go to HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me for the 2021-2022 season team previews is Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, we've arrived again. We are here. We have arrived at a new season. Uh, instead of breaking down the 35 million trades that happened uh, in free agency signings uh, that, since you're not actually in a league right now, probably haven't even drafted, we're just going to go th- through each one of the teams and we're going to get to those free agencies and all those trades that happen uh, because some teams aren't really set yet. But these early teams that we're going to do, they, the rosters are pretty much set and ready to go. Ready, They are ready for the season as much as you are, Tyler. And this first team is the Atlanta Hawks. What do you think about that? What do you think about their offseason? Like give it a little like a quick hot score. Tyler's hot offseason score. Um. They did good for themselves. They did better than I thought they were going to do because I thought that they might let John Collins walk because they're basically going to have to pay the luxury tax. Um, not this season, but starting next season when Trey Young's um, big extension goes in and it will be even bigger uh, number if Trey Young makes all NBA this season. So um, yeah, I, I thought they might let John Collins walk just because they didn't want to pay that luxury tax. So they kept John Collins. So I'd give their off season a, a win If we're playing winners and losers. I'd call them winners. I would agree. And actually, one of my favorite things that they did was trade for DeLon Wright. I like DeLon Wright. I think he's a very good, a very above average basketball player. And the fact that he is going to be probably playing decent minutes off the bench and backing up Trey Young is good for the Atlanta Hawks. Not so good for DeLon Wright, but we'll get into that. Uh, Gorgeous Dang signed for this team along with um, Johnny Hamilton, who, um, if you like, are you a big fan of Johnny Hamilton? I thought that was from the movie Hamilton. I think he is in that. Uh, he's in. He was in the original musical, but not the movie. I think they cut him. It's actually really sad. Uh, they drafted Jalen Johnson. They also drafted Sharif Cooper, and uh, they also well, didn't they draft the a third random Joe, Skyler Mays. Skyler, Skyler from the show Breaking Bad. They drafted her. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but this team is overall, when you look at their starting five, they, I mean, they brought back, they're going to bring back Lou Williams, which, uh, I think is solid. Uh, and they really didn't really lose anybody of significance. Uh, Tony Snell, you could say is like, of maybe like on court significance, Chris Dunn, it might be done playing in the NBA. Um, can I ask you a question? About yeah, this team, just absolutely. before we get to any fantasy thing. Yeah. If they make the playoffs and get knocked out in the first round, is that a disappointing season for the Hawks? Yes. So I don't think it is because I think they overachieved this year and I'm not sure they're that great of a team. Ooh, in, in, uh, but that's not really how we like human beings nor the NBA uh, ranks disappointment, right? Like they made it pretty far. Uh, granted, they uh, you know benefited from the East being a little weird. They probably won't likely 
uh, get as far in the playoffs last uh, they as they did last season. Finals, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think if they win one round, if they don't win in the first round, that is a disappointment. They get to the second round and lose to like the Nets or Philly or something like that, uh, you know, or the Bucks. That's um. That's kind of what I expect out of them, like a you know top know. five see, playoff team. See, going into in this. Going into this in the East, I'm looking at the top five teams being Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, and Philly, and I don't really see them beating any of those teams in the first round, save for Philly choking again. You never know, and that's that's the beauty of, I think, the playoffs and the beauty of the East being so kind of wide open and the league becoming more wide open is that I I think the Atlanta Hawks do have a chance, and I actually think even if they overachieved last year – they're a little bit. I feel like they're a little bit better. I I, I like Delon Wright and, and and Gorgie Dang coming off the bench a little bit more than I uh, than I like. You know, I don't know relying on Tony Snell. Sadly, uh, Kongwu is injured. Um, torn shoulder is probably not going to be back at all, so he probably won't really be relevant. They should just be better too because they don't really have anyone that should be worse. Like every one of their players should theoretically be better safe for maybe Gallinari. Let's get into the players. Uh quite a few fantasy relevant players oh, on this. So this team. is the main talking point, I think, on this team. And it's not gonna be what you think. But my well, question to you about okay. this is is DeAndre Hunter a player you want to draft in the top 100 next season? Ooh, in the top 100 next season. Like that's it. If you said it, is this a player? Well, I guess we should say this season now, right? I mean, yeah, this season we're talking technically about the upcoming season, this season uh, in the top 100. No, I do not. Do you you know what he finished per game last year? Now he only played 23 games. And he was hurt for a long time, came back, and then got hurt again in the playoffs. I feel like this is a trick question, so I'm going to say he was the 100th ranked player. 104th. Okay. I wasn't too far off. Right? So he's kind of right there. And he took a really big leap from year one to year two, and he's 23 years old, turns 24 in December. So there is a good chance that we see another pretty sizable leap from him. He is young enough to take that leap, uh, but as I always uh, say about my uh, my guys that I pinpoint as guys to watch. Now, granted, he had was hurt last season, but young guys that I'm very interested in, maybe you know, taking that leap, are guys that have at least had occasional games where you're like, holy fucking shit look at this dude this guy is uh put together in an insane stat line and across the board you know like deandre hunter's like had some big scoring games uh but he's not really like a very good block guy or a steal guy or an assist guy so what is what is deandre even if he does improve what is deandre uh deandre hunter's ceiling for you this year tyler um ceiling well obviously he only played 29 and a half minutes now he probably won't play any more than that yeah um maybe maybe a little but that's what i mean so like if if they have some things open up there in their front court you know he gets up to 32 33 minutes a game like his ceiling is probably 
16 and a half, 17 points, like five and a half rebounds, two assists, maybe a steal and maybe like 0.7 blocks on fairly good percentages. You know what I would do? I would take him with the hundredth overall pick if I was in a roto league, because those stats are boring, but all just pretty decent. And that's really okay. Which is good. Yeah. He's not going to hurt you. And that's, and he helps you a little bit or is at least, you know, keeping you afloat in almost every single stat. And then if you get a little bit of an improvement in threes, a little bit, maybe a little bit improvement in, in, in points, uh, potentially just simply by playing a little bit more, he's helping you float along. And this is a guy I don't think you're going to have to take in the top 100 at all to get him on your team. I think I may own him in quite a few leagues, especially if he's going kind of at the very end of a draft. Like he's probably a guy I'm going to take a few shots on, I think. 10 out of 10 times, I guarantee you Kevin Herter gets drafted for De- uh, before DeAndre Hunter in your uh, regular redraft leagues, do you think you would take Kevin Herter over DeAndre Hunter? I would not. I wouldn't either. Now, he, had, uh, I think he's just got a little bit more name recognition, which is a little, maybe a little weird to say. Same with Daniello Gallinari, who every year we kind of like say, this is it for Daniello Gallinari. And somehow he like drags himself over the finish line. He ends up being fantasy relevant. Every he was 128. And per game value, finally found fell his way out of the top 100, though. Shout out. It was he only played 24 minutes a game for the Hawks. Shout out to one of the most interesting fantasy careers, Daniela Gallinari. Um, uh, I don't know if you have time in your uh, if you have time in your life, go look at the history of Daniela Gallinari's uh, fantasy career. Uh, actually, don't do that. If you have time in your life, go like visit your friends or maybe go outside and see what the world looks like. Let's talk about the meat and potatoes of this team, though. We talked about our fringe guys. I'm not sure I'll be drafting anyone other than DeAndre Hunter, and I won't be with anyone uh, outside of my, like, last picks for me personally. Um, But there's a big four here that are um, incredibly good and quality fantasy players, and I'm talking about, obviously, Trey Young, Clint Capella, Johnny Collins, and Bogdan Bogdanovich, an underrated fantasy player. Um, let's start with the main, the man, the myth, the legend, Trey Young. Um, Trey Young, fantastic year, great finish to the year. Um, has is is approaching um, that ten assists per game mark, but he does leave a little bit behind on the table. His steals obviously are not. Uh, where you want your lead guard to be. His threes are not where you want your lead guard to be. Uh, he is uh, has a few flaws in his game that keep him from becoming one of those top-tier players. Yet, you know, uh, Trey Young improves every single year. And where in the world are you going to find tennis again from, from anybody else? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be in the top five in assists and maybe even the the top assist guy in the league, right? So that that's a big get. And he finished 16th in per game value per hashtag basketball. We're looking at eight category rankings, but it was really 15th because Kyrie Thomas and his five games finished ahead of him. And, well, that's not real. Exactly. Uh, he's also 22, 22, everybody, 22 years old. 
nothing but improvement, I think, in front of Trey Young. He uh, obviously is shutting down all the haters. I think Trey Young has to, in a redraft league, I think I would be taking him on the turn. Yeah, I, I would actually say he's probably in most leagues a first round pick, or as you said, like a fringe second round pick because Kawhi was ranked ninth. He's not going to play, and we'll obviously talk about that a lot when we get to the Clippers. Um, so he's out, right? And then there comes a big question of like, you know, you got guys like Levine and Tatum and Beal and Butler. Like, I think I'd rather have Trey Young's 10 assists a game over some of those other guys. Exactly. And I think that's the real um, difficult decision that you're going to have to make with Trey Young and the premium on assists because, you know, Luke is going to be gone by then. Um, you know, do you really want to – you know, risk passing on Trey Young and ending up with missing out on LeBron James, Chris Paul, all these other guards. And then you end up with like, you know, Drew Holiday, who, you know, certainly isn't bad or Jamal Murray. Well, no, Jamal Murray is going to be out for the uh, a thousand years. Uh, uh, like, like Kyle Lowry as your, as your number one guard. Oh, and okay. Then, we got to do it. We got to do it. Mike. Let's only do it. I'm going to just name a bunch of players you're not going to take over Trey Young. Uh, Jokic, Harden, Durant. Nope. nope, nope. Curry. uh, Lillard. Dame Dame over Trey, for sure. Uh, Embiid. Yep. I like Embiid. Kyrie Irving. Maybe. I'm taking Trey Young. Just feel Yeah, I think there it is. I think games. Yeah, I think there it is because you know you're going to have some like less touches on, on that Brooklyn team. You're going to have less minutes played, less games played just to keep uh, everybody healthy. And then you're not getting that tennis a game. And tennis game is absolutely vital. If Trey Young barely improves, just barely improves um, with a, like, you know, one, one steal a game. So here's the uh, 2.6 three pointers again. Here's the other maybe guys. Carl Anthony Towns. I'd probably take Cat Daddy there. Yeah. And then you got Giannis, Luca, Butler, Beal, like all those types. Yeah. So he's a, I mean, he's someone you're, you're going to likely have to reach for, but like reaching in the first two rounds is perfectly fine because you're getting an incredibly quality player. And you're also setting yourself up to, uh, you know, destroy people and assist because there's no one who's going to be getting borderline 10 assists a game in the rest of the league. So uh, I think Trey Young has to be a on the turn type player. Um, and I, I don't see why he couldn't improve from his numbers from last year. Uh, let's talk about the other guys on this team, Tyler. Um, next guy I want to talk about, because I, I want to leave a little controversy for the end, Clint Capella. I love Clint Capella. He's a great fantasy player. He's also a good regular NBA player too. But fantasy-wise, like the dude just – he dunks the ball and he gets like 15 rebounds a game. Led the blocks. league. Yeah. Led. Yep. Well, um, I mean, what else What else do you need to say? A great combo – a great combo would be Trey and Clint on your team. Yeah, for sure. And 
he finished 48th in per game value and he's probably like from where from 40 to 50 next year and maybe for the next five years like i just don't really see him going anywhere i don't really see him getting much better like he can't improve more on leading the league in rebounds he's gonna block shots he's gonna score like the percentage from the field is going to be fantastic, but there's not going to be anything in any other category. So you're literally getting exactly what you think you're getting. Yeah. And if you're building uh, a head to head team, Clint Capella is more like a second round player. He, if you don't care, you're just going to not give a shit about free throws. Uh, Even though he does not make threes as a center, that 15 rebounds a game and two blocks is just so far in a way above everyone else. Like miles Turner gets more blocks, but gets six rebounds right you know um Joel Embiid gets 10 rebounds Devonta Sabonis could get 12 rebounds right that's pretty good uh but they don't get the blocks so it's like Clint Capella even though he gets he's like a a real negative in assists he doesn't hit any threes he you become elite in blocks and rebounds almost immediately and I think he taking him in the second round maybe even a roto league I would take him at the end of a second round or in the in in, into the third round simply because you're not going to find uh that type of talent anywhere else uh Mike's center rankings I'll name you three maybe four Miles Turner give me Clint Capella uh Rudy Gobert give me Rudy Gobert uh, let's see. Here are the other guys I got here. Um, Jonas Valanciunas. Give me Clint Capella. See, Valanciunas actually finished higher than Capella last year. I like I like Valanciunas. Uh, overall in like a, in an eight cat league uh, in Roto, it, it, it does surprise me a little bit actually. But Valanciunas is really kind of like well because Valanciunas had the, the elite rebounds and he scored a little bit more and he's got decent free throws i think if i'm going for a more roto type team i definitely want valentinus you're not wrong though in a head-to-head league like i'm probably not picking him in the second round but in the third round i don't not oppose the capella i just feel like there's a few other guys in that second round area like i'm gonna go with rudy gobert i'm gonna go with like a drew holiday type i'm gonna go i would probably take Dante sabonis over in in a roto league for sure that's what I mean. I feel like just there's enough guys that are going to fill up my second round that there's no way I'm going to be on Capella. But in, in a head-to-head league, if you want to take him in the third round, I'm okay with that. In a roto, I'm probably more like late third, early fourth, somewhere in there. All right. Now, the, the, the elephant in the room, Johnny Collins, just signing, huge deal. Uh, I don't feel like the Atlanta ever really truly found a fit for John Collins and Clint Capella playing together. They certainly did. And they certainly won some games. Right. But uh, it was, it was definitely, I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about it, but they, they re-signed Johnny Collins. Um, Well, they weren't getting anybody else unless they pulled off some sort of trade and then, you know, what are you going to trade John Collins for that? Like what contender is going to trade for John Collins and then give you back a bunch of pieces that help you win? Nothing. No, they're not going to, but also Johnny Collins puts us some pretty crazy um, fancy numbers and can uh, in, is going to still play, you know, starters minutes on, on this team. So where are you taking a, a, a John Collins who can get you uh, blocks and steals? But the blocks are not threes? going back to one and a half, right? We can just put that out there. Like, no, they not. are not. He's not. The playing only way that is position. if 
if Capella's gets hurt and no one's right rooting for that, right? The, also, the rebounds are not getting back up to 10. Like, Capella's just going to grab too many. Yes. Um, so, I think he's kind of what he was last year, which is like a borderline top 50 player, but not much more than that. Yeah, and I feel like he's going to get a little bit overdrafted uh, this year simply because Johnny Collins is a, is kind of like a sexy fantasy Well, name. people are going to remember that yeah, yeah. finished in the top whatever you know he was kind of a second third 20, second yeah third, where he was 21 10 1.6 but those numbers aren't coming back like i'm i don't think i'm gonna own john collins on any team let's put it that way i highly doubt i will either unless it's kind of one of those leagues where everybody's like overthinking and they just keep letting him slip into like the fifth and sixth round and then you're like well john collins is good and you know, if something happens to uh, Clint Capella, heaven forbid, John Collins suddenly becomes incredibly valuable. Yeah, I'm with you uh, on all that. So, yeah, I think we got uh, this team is similar to last year. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich likely going to be doing what Bogdan does. What? Which where is do you think he's good. gonna? This surprised me. Where do you think? Where do I think Bogdan finish? Yep, per game, eight cap per game value. Eight cap per game. Now I only played forty-four games. Okay, I want to say honestly, I, want, I think he was like I remember him being decent when he was playing. I'm gonna say in like the eighties. Sixty-six was better than I thought too. Hmm. Really? Yep. I am surprised. You sure you're not mixing them up with uh, Utah's Bogdan Bogdan? I sorted it by just Atlanta players, so that would be <laughs> impossible unless you never know. He joined the Hawks. Well, he's likely going to be producing at the same what, rate. What was great for him was the percentages. Every yeah. percentage he shot was fantastic. He hit three point three three pointers a game on forty three point eight percent. I don't know that he can repeat those fantastic percentages. It was 47, 43, and 90. It's going to be hard, I think. It's going to be hard to shoot that well, but that's what he's there for, right? And he's going to be in that, keeping the the minutes a little bit lower than they need to be simply because you got to get minutes to Kevin Herter and Gallinari and for some reason Cam Reddish. And uh, Bogdan is going to play a crucial role. And in limited minutes, he's going to be a solid player. And I think a lot of people who play casually will overlook him. So he might be a nice little late round grab, uh, getting a not just a top 100 player, but apparently a top you know, 75 player. Well, and you uh, mentioned it like when he, played, when he played, Hunter didn't really. And so like, are they going to cannibalize each other? Some? I think That's- so that's probably going to be the case. Yeah. I think both of those guys though, are probably worth being picked obviously in a standard league. And so the question is who's going where, which we don't really have that data yet, but I mean, I would not hate it. If at pick one Oh five, I got Bogdanovich. No, not at all. And he said anywhere out that if you're getting someone with not just top 100 value, but top 75 value, someone who's in that first plateau, outside of the top 100 in your draft, uh, just make the boring pick. Don't pick, um, you know, some uh, random rookie uh, in a redraft league because uh, you think that guy's going to have a a crazy uh, year. And look at it. Go with Bogdan Bogdanovich. He has always been decent. 
Looking at Fantasy Pro's ADP, he went 104th in consensus ADP last season. So he was basically picked just outside the top 100. And if he's picked there again, you're probably getting yourself a nice little steal. Seems like he might. Um, and as long as that uh, helicopter doesn't mean someone is blowing up Chicago, I think that's it for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, if you like what you hear, please rate, review us, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. You can find Tyler at Tyler P. Watts. Let us know what you want to hear in these team previews. We're going to be knocking out all 30 teams. Welcome back, everybody. We will see you next time.